Salofalava, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. Coming up. Always think about the generation that's coming after you and always think about the generation that passed. Cook Islands Language Week for 2023 is in full swing in New Zealand. Also. About 3,000 plus easily that are currently displaced. Relief efforts continue on to help residents affected by Mount Bogana eruption. And later, things are starting to look promising economically for the Pacific. New Zealand is celebrating Cook Islands Language Week, and according to the Ministry for Pacific Peoples, more than 80,000 New Zealanders identify as Cook Islander, although only 9% can speak their mother tongue. But the cultural traditions remain strong, Perhaps the most notable of all, the Cook Islands trademark dance known as the Ura. In Mangere, one group is using this popular tradition to keep Cook Island youth in touch with their culture. Final Funua has more. Two evenings a week, a Cook Islands dance group known as Hula Fit meet up at a small community hall in Mangare. On this particular evening, two dozen people have gathered. Almost all are teenagers. The group is open to everyone, but most of them are young Cook Islanders. 12-year-old Temaeva Faiva says it's a family affair. Me and my family and some friends come here together. We're here to uh, practice Kalan dancing. And, uh, yeah, making new friends, catching up. If there's anything that encapsulates the spirit of the Cook Islands, it's the sounds of drums and the vibrant hip movements of smiling dancers. The traditional dance known as the Ura is a highly charged performance with dancers rapidly swaying their hips to the beat of the drums. Hula Fit Dance Tutor Tina Bonsumaro is a master dancer and fluent speaker of Te Leo Wale, one of the free native tongues of the Cook Islands. Maro teaches these young Cook Islanders how to perform the different styles of the Ura and says dancing is an effective way of keeping the youth in touch with their cultural roots. Dance classes, it just breaks down the wall. They just come in, enjoy their culture, and like I think 99% of the time they don't realize that they're actually having an indigenous way of learning what our culture's about. Because if we were to sit on a desk or a table and I was to give them papers, I think they would have just walked out because it was just too much. But because there's music, you have live drumming. Tonight we did three hours just because they couldn't leave. They just kept dancing. It's this unique sound which suddenly puts a crowd of shy teenagers into a trance transforming them into confident, smiling dancers. 17-year-old drama and Cook Islands Youth Ambassador Tavake Kamana says 
performance groups are one way of teaching the younger generations about their culture and language. It's there. Why not use it? And why not pass it down? One thing that always motivates me to sharing our culture is, what about the generation before us, or what about the gen after us, as well? You know, all our tupunas, all our ancestors up there, watching down. You know, it's all gone to use or all gone to waste. And、um, that's one thing that always that I always tell these young people: always think about the generation that's coming after you, and always think about the generation that passed. Cook Islands Language Week concludes this Saturday, fifth of August. In what Papua New Guinea's Minister of Internal Security, Peter Shiamalili, called a truly significant event, a PNG Defence Force barge on Wednesday morning delivered aid for the Bougainville communities affected by the eruption of Mount Bugana. Mount Bugana erupted three weeks ago, displacing several thousand people. Living at the foot of the volcano, while ash and sulfuric gases have polluted a wider area, Don Wiseman spoke with Mr. Shiamalili, who's also the Bougainville Regional Member. Soon after the PNG Defence Force barge had been formally welcomed in Buka, the the challenge is now that they continuously with the sulfuric smoke that is constantly putting a, a lot of pressure on、uh, on drinking water, particularly around. Both sides, on the east coast and, and the west coast,、uh, there's a, a lot more movement now. With few villages, we're, we're a bit slightly stubborn. They did not want to move when the government was providing them the advice to move down on the foothills. They're now starting to listen. It's communication with them from, I'd say, both the care centres on both Wakonai side and Kina side, led by the local chiefs. That are continuously having conversing with those that were a bit stubborn before, but now see that it's this urgent for them to get down to a place where they can be provided shelter and provided in terms of drinking water, but more so to be able to be amongst the government and the government to be able to provide that support and、uh, security for them at this point in time. How many people do you think are involved? How, how many people are affected at this stage? The record on on our count with our disaster team on the ground, we've almost、uh, about three thousand, three thousand plus easily that are currently displaced. Mind you, we're not just talking about the ones that have been affected by the volcanic ash that are moving down. It's also we've been hit by、uh, the the constant、uh, rain in the last few weeks that have now also damages the、uh, the food crops. So altogether, like just from the volcano itself and also from the flooding, you're closely looking at about eight thousand people being impacted from both the volcano plus the flooding. Because we're all from the same area, the South Bougainville has been impacted by both the volcano and the flooding, the constant rain. So today, aid aid was delivered from、uh, by the defence force. That's presumably sorely needed. Yeah, no, absolutely. So what's been delivered today is both food, food items, a few food items that have come from Rubau, but also a lot of the non-food items like basic, basic utensils, eating utensils, you know, plastic containers for water,、uh, mosquito nets,、uh, yeah, more, ca- more canvases, but a lot, of, a lot of non-food items at this stage. Actually, there were two. 
two vessels that had gotten in in the last 48 hours. One was a concrete container of rice. There was a container of rice, noodles, and, and biscuits that came from Lay, but also out of Robal was a lot of non-food items, like I said, plate, cups, spoons, even clothing too, because a lot of the mums and dads, the ones that were living right at the at the foothill of, of Mount Bagana, ran away without carrying any clothing. So that was one of the biggest challenges that we that were faced. When I was in Torquina, when I slept overnight, I spent a good five, six hours just talking to all of them and getting a feel of some of the immediate needs they all needed. So I guess the food items is going to address, at this point in time, are going to address all those, all those displaced families. But more food and more supplies will be needed. Yes, absolutely. 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 So we're going to round up more food. I think this is an opportunity for the whole of Bougainville. I believe uh, we've, we've encouraged the north, northern part of Bougainville, especially in villages that have not, have not had any impact, to, to start rallying up the support to get some you know, food crops is what we uh, would need to supply back to both Wakunai and, and Torokina. So we've also got Australia coming in to support yeah. the Australian Army coming in. They're coming in a big way. So, we, we so when are the Australians coming in? They've already they've already dispatched a few items down to Lay, uh, to Lay, and so we have a barge, uh, the same barge, the military barge that offloaded all our non-food items today will be uh, returning to Lay on route on route back to Lay to pick up uh, the items uh, that have been dropped off by the Australian government. Okay, so there won't be Australian personnel there. Or... No, no. So they'll be supporting through the three uh, APNG Defence Force. Today was a very significant day because today we officially welcome back uh, the PNG Defence Force team back on the ground on Bougainville. So it was a significant event that happened today on Bougainville. After 23 years since the PNG Defence Force left Bougainville, today they officially came into came into port and they dock and they uh, yeah allowed all the relief supply back on the island and they'll be providing uh, some logistic support for the next few months. The Asian Development Bank is forecasting continued economic growth for Pacific economies recovering from the pandemic heading into 2024. The bank this week released its latest Pacific Economic Monitor report, which projects collective growth of 3.3% for Pacific economies in 2023 and 2.8% in 2024. Koroi Hawkins spoke with the main author of the report, Kara Tenil, about its findings. Well, as, as the monitor says, uh, we're looking at continued recovery in the Pacific. So um, we're pro- pro- forecasting uh, positive growth in the next couple of years for the Pacific as a whole. Uh, 3.3% in 2023 and 2.8% in 2024. Um, that's mainly driven by, well, a, a diverse range of factors, you know, given the the different different characteristics across our islands. So um, in Papua New Guinea, they're looking at uh, growth to be driven mostly by output outside the resource sector. So um, resource here, I think they define mostly as their mining and their natural gas resources. So more of, I think, uh, agricultural uh, exports and, um, you know, services as uh, business activity normalizes with the reopening of borders. Um, in Fiji, so they're looking at growth to continue, although a little bit more modestly. Uh, so you, as you may know, I think Fiji was open. Uh, they reopened borders in December of 2021, if I'm not mistaken. 
And over 2022, that's when a lot of the other destinations started reopening their borders as well. So there's a bit more competition now with, at, at least for the ADB developing member countries in the Pacific, I think all of them have reopened their borders. So Cook Island, Samoa, we're looking at them to benefit from, you know, fully reopened borders uh, for, for the next, you know, starting this year. And then they're also planned public investments uh, in these economies as well that should help generate jobs and incomes. Um, we're looking at the same to happen in Tonga. Uh, as you know, we all know they they had the volcanic eruption and tsunami last year, and they're still working on uh, reconstruction and rehabilitation. There were some delays there, of course, with COVID, uh, the COVID outbreak that followed and stuff. So um, the the implementation of these uh, reconstruction and rehabilitation projects is going to be underway. All of this this growth is coming from a a lower position in terms of the uh, recession, the pandemic recession, right? So in terms yeah. of where they were before the pandemic and now, are mm-hmm. they sort of still trying to get back to that level? Or are they now sort of already there and building? In, well, I, I think we are looking at uh, a lot of them maybe still working to catch up. Um, you know, the, the tourism uh, dependent economies, especially the ones who opened just recently, they are they are still, uh, I think they're a bit below like the arrivals that they had in 2019. So um, they're, they're still working on that. And then uh, I think, you know, there, there were some negative growth in, in some of our economies during the pandemic. So uh, they're, you know, they're still, uh, they're, they had some setbacks due, due to the economic impacts of the pandemic. So they're still working on offsetting those. Have we, has anything changed in terms of learning from the pandemic experience? Um, that's a very interesting question. I think there were quite a few changes. Uh, I, a number of our country write-ups, they talked about how a lot of the economies had to borrow some more um, because, you know, because of the pandemic, uh, the economic impacts of this, governments, of course, had to uh, spend to help soften the blow to the population, you know, the people who lost jobs or had to close their businesses down, um, school closures and such. So, you know, given that we do have small eco- small economies with narrow bases um, and revenues may be limited, the, you know, uh, a few a few economies had to take on a lot more debt. Uh, fortunately, of course, in in other economies, they had access to grant financing, so um, there there was less or no need to borrow in in their cases. So um, in a, a number moving forward, a number of the the you know our our Pacific economies are looking at ways to help of course, reduce this this debt that they amassed during the pandemic. So um, I think that is one of the things moving forward that that ADB uh, stands ready to to work with with our with our developing member countries on. So um, I, I think that's that's one striking thing, at least yes. from reading through the publication. And is are there any um, recommendations from the report? Um, yes, there there are a number. Uh, so the report does highlight 
a number of things that that countries are already working on to help address um their their debt or their their budget issues so uh one thing of course is to um monitor very closely you know spending and uh to i guess to maintain some discipline in in this area so um they they you know the because you would be spending less moving forward, there's less need to borrow. And then uh, at the same time, you you would be able, you know, there's the potential to free up resources in order to pay down the existing debt. One thing that I, I really do like reading about are these fiscal responsibility ratios. So, you know, there are targets on how much spending you can you can do, how much payroll expense you can have, for instance, how much debt you can take on or how much debt you can carry at, at any um, given period. So uh, those things, I think, monitoring those regularly and because you impose metrics on on these actions, I think it, it, it provides more accountability to the governments and uh, they, they seem to have embraced this. Thank you so much thank for you. breaking it down for us and thank you for joining us again to, to no speak worries. with us. Thank you too. No worries. That's Pacific Waves for today. Don't forget you can listen back on rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the team here at RNZ Pacific, Tofa Suifua.